This is EdTech Weekly. I'm your host, Ricky Zager, and we are at episode 68. We've been off for summer break here for a few weeks. Christy, do you think we're going to be a little rusty? Well, just based on our warm-up, totally. Not at all. Not at all. We're good to go. Yeah, I think it's just like riding a bike or falling off a bike or something. Yeah, no summer brain here or anything like that. So we're good to go. All right. Well, we were on vacation, and I know you were in maybe some exotic locations. I was just in North Carolina and Tennessee uh, having a blast with the family. Well, that sounds exotic to someone from California. So. There you go. Yeah. Would you like to share any details of the vacation? Any highlights? Well, yeah, we uh, took a big family trip and went to London. So I'm not sure if that qualifies as exotic, but, you know, definitely to another country with our two young kids and husband and spent some time up in Scotland, uh, which was just amazing and beautiful. And it was um, just a great trip. Kids did great. And one thing I did on our trip, which was kind of cool, is I blogged about it. And I just hadn't blogged in a while, but I had a lot of people that were like, oh, can't wait to hear about your trip or want to see your pictures. And I just didn't want to overload Facebook with that. So I did a blog every day. And actually, that was great. And now we have this great like memory of our trip that will just turn into our book. So got some fun times blogging. Very cool. And I know, I think that was one of my, when when you first wanted to be on the show, I think I stalked your blog and there was a couple of cool art entries in there. And so I have not checked it for a while. So I'll have to go back and read those. Well, there's no new content on that blog. I did one just for the vacation. Oh, just the vacation blog. I'd have to, yeah, have to get back into the the ed tech blog. I thought this was Christy, the lifestyle blog where everything went, any possible thing, ed tech (laughs) vacations, it was everything. Um, no, that one, I don't know. I guess I do compartmentalize some parts of my life still. So it's just well, exotic like vacation blog and ed tech. Exotic so. London or not, whether it's exotic or not. I, I agree. It's probably not exotic, but it's a foreign country. So I consider it you know, exotic to some level, I guess. So we're back and we do have some guests coming up. We have a few guests lined up and um, Ashley is going to be back on the show. As you may remember, if you're a big fan of the show, Ashley came on and helped with... Um, giving guides for people who want to write grants and sort of helping out in that way. And she was pretty informative. So we're excited to have her back. She's working on another project uh, that deals with coding. Um, so that's exciting. We also have a our foreign correspondent from exotic China. Can I say exotic there? Ooh, a foreign correspondent? Yeah, we're, nice. work, we're working out the details. Uh, he's in China and, uh, you know, I don't know how we're going to do this, but I'm hoping maybe we can do a segment on – you know, EdTech in China. I thought that might be fun for them to, them to come on the show, maybe either uh, via audio recording they can be on or just even sharing some stories with us. And then finally, we have someone from the web app company Acadly, and that's something that helps teachers. And I'm hoping to do a featured segment with them and maybe even a little video tutorial of their product that may be able to be of use for some of you listeners out there as educators. So it's pretty exciting stuff coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, the show is ramping up. This is a big time show now, Christy. I hope you're ready from the vacation to go. I'm ready. That sounds like you have done a lot of work to line up all of our um, guests and uh, foreign correspondents. So yes, let's let's make nice it sound work. like I did a lot of work. I answered emails in a very untimely fashion. But let's just get started, <laughs> as we always do, Christy, with the EdTech rundown. Our first story, EdTech Magazine, asks if libraries are the key to teaching computer science. 
there's been there has been and continues to be a lot of fear about libraries and their survival as the world moves toward digital books and tools. I know I've been in libraries and I know that fear is palpable. It exists. Uh, books are so king in the library and there's a lot of fear. But the American Library Association has partnered with Google to create the library's Ready to Code program. And it is now in phase three, which means that they will be selecting 50 libraries to receive resources and support to develop coding programs. Now, they're selecting libraries through an application process that will run until the end of August. Uh, it's open to both school and public libraries, so go ahead and put an application in if you want your library involved. We'll put a link on edtechweeklyshow.com. And I know when I worked for Pinellas County Schools, I made a big push for this with libraries and getting coding involved and sort of working on digital literacy in those ways and, and, and getting people some more information there. I know you have a smaller district, Christy. How do you feel the libraries are doing dealing with this type of stuff, or how are they remaining relevant with, with the new digital age? Yeah, it certainly is a challenge to balance, you know, traditional libraries, but also making sure that they are meeting the needs of our students. And, you know, we talk about future future ready libraries. What does that mean? What's the role of the librarian? You know, so often schools don't have librarians or very limited time. So that's a tough one, especially, you know, for us in our rural communities. Um, but I really like um, what you shared here and you know, the Libraries Ready to Code program, I think, can help you know, move and drive libraries forward. So, you know, instead of just checking out books, that there's many more resources in the library. You know, I would even love to see like our local public library check out like um, tech tools like um, Spheros or, you know, those coding robots that, you know, people could check out for a week or two and then return them. Um, I think that would be a great thing uh, to be able to do too. So that sounds pretty awesome. I'm definitely going to check that out. Very cool. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's something that needs to happen with libraries, and I think it is. I know there's a lot of stuff going on with, you know, having makerspaces and all that, but they definitely need to be reinvented in some way, and this looks like it might be a good way to start. Yeah. All right. Next up, Ed Surge reports on a surprisingly small number of women directors in the ed tech world. They took 20 ed tech companies that have raised more than $2.7 billion in funding, and of the 124 board members, only eight are women. This seems especially strange given that about one-third of ed tech companies have a female CEO. While this may speak to a larger issue with venture capitalists being less concerned with diversity, it certainly may also give some clues why ed tech and education have trouble connecting. In a K-12 world where women make up about 76% of the teacher population, it certainly seems unusual that about 6% of the board seats in ed tech companies are held by women. Enrique, did you choose this article just for me? And if so, well, even so... Thank you. I really um, appreciate it and like the article. So thank you. Yeah, I, I did sort of uh, hand that one over to you. I thought that might be of, uh, not only of interest to you, but something you might want to talk about a little bit as you are an administrator and you deal with ed tech. And of course, you are a female. But I think really, honestly, for me, yeah, I don't know. This really just... Uh, it's it's shocking to me. It really is. I mean, I get that venture capitalists are somewhat less concerned with diversity. They're just more about money and whoever has the money and whoever's in there. But it seems like there's a huge disconnect here. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know what those underlying issues are there. Um, but certainly more women board members because, as you said, K twelve is a predominantly female industry. Um, certainly now. You know, one thing that this brought up for me is it, it reminded me of actually the podcast world and 
know too many other female ed tech podcasters. Um, I don't know if you know any others, but I was at that Q National Conference and went to a session on podcasting. Of course, it's an interest of mine. All men, about 12 men up there podcasting. So I think we need to get women into so many things, you know, board seats, those STEM initiatives, things like podcasting, um, really, because so much of education is women, but not to say that we don't need male teachers as well, especially in the elementary world. Yeah, there's there's a, a serious shortage in the elementary world for sure. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's a matter of are the companies, are the podcasts, are any ed tech companies, are any, I mean, when it comes to anything, are we thinking about diversity and getting a different viewpoint? Um, for me, I was super excited to have a different viewpoint from a administrator position, from a female position, from a different part of the country. I think if we were more concerned about those types of things in general, we wouldn't have these problems like 8% or 5 6% or whatever it is of women and boards for EdTech. That's pretty shocking to me. Yeah. All right. Well, our next story, niblets.com reports that applications for Startup Alley at Educause 2017 are open through August 15th. Around 10,000 educators and EdTech decision makers are going to be at Educause conference, and that is from October 31st, Halloween, through November the 3rd. Every year, they host a startup alley that features 25 to 30 emerging ed tech companies, and this also comes with an opportunity to participate in the Under the Ed Radar Pitch Competition. That sounds kind of fun, and it's held there as well. If you're itching to get your startup in front of eager eyes, you should definitely apply to be included in this startup alley. Um, check out Educause if that's kind of your game. And uh, we'll throw a link up there for edtechweeklyshow.com as well. Um, have you ever been to Educause or even is it on your radar? No, I don't know much about it at all. But that under the Ed Radar Pitch competition sounds like that'd be really cool. It sounds, I'm guessing, kind of like Shark Tank, but for edtech company startups. Yeah, sounds pretty cool for sure. Yeah. All right, our next article is the Hindustan Times reports on Global Hack Week an event organized by OpenEd.ai, which is a nonprofit committed to the development and promotion of open source artificial intelligence for education. This is the first of its kind as it will bring together key players from the world of industry, academia, government, venture capital, and AI developers from around the world. Huge companies, including Amazon and IBM, are supporting this event, which hopes to further AI in education. What are the benefits of artificial intelligence in education? Well, personalized learning and adaptive assessments are just two of the many things AI hopes to improve. If you are an AI creator, then you can submit usable products like web apps, data sets, or AI tutorials you may have created. We'll put the registration link on edtechweeklyshow.com if you're interested in this event. And this was also by design that I gave you this because there are there were a lot of names in this article that I did not want to try to pronounce, and I felt bad, and I didn't even put them in there for you. But, I, you know... <laughs> When we talk about artificial intelligence in education, we have uh, approached this subject many times, I would say, in you know, in the 20 or so episodes we've had together. Um, I think at the end of the day, we're really trying to use AI to help uh, reach that student that's struggling, that is not being detected well in a classroom and being able to cater content to them so that they don't struggle and they don't drop out. I mean, I'm hoping AI can do something because, you know, in my understanding and the data I've looked at, 
we've had a pretty appalling dropout rate for a very long time. Um, there's got to be a way to reach these students. Um, and I don't know if that lies in other areas that may be more, you know, um, trade related than, than just book type of classes and intelligence. And that way, maybe we can push trades a little bit more so we don't get as many people to leave. But maybe AI could help out in that regard. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where this field goes as it evolves and becomes more commonplace in the education world. I don't see a lot of it actually in use in classrooms right now, um, but it's coming. And I think there's huge potential there um, to reach to reach you know students who we haven't been able to in other ways. Yeah, and when the robots take over, which they will of course do, and AI takes over, then they're all <laughs> going to be, you know, I, it'll be better for everyone, I guess, maybe. Maybe we'll look at it from the positive, I don't know. <laughs> well, let's see, as long as if they can find someone to vacuum my floor and clean my refrigerator, I would like that. Nice robots, we like you. Christy and I love robots, and the EdTech Weekly Show yeah. is a huge supporter of AI and robots, just in case anyone's listening yeah, in the future. Well, and if there's one that can fold my laundry too. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome, no doubt. All right, well, we do have a featured segment as we normally do, and I thought it would be kind of a little bit fun as we get back from the break to just, you know, maybe give a uh, favorite app that we're using right now, and I thought it would be fun to put it out to our listeners as well. So um, at the end of this, and if you're listening to this, even if it's weeks from now, go ahead and tweet at 4TechTeachers or at Christy M. Warren, or you can email the show at edtechweekly at gmail.com. And share with us the apps that you're using that are helping you in education or helping you with communication or teams or anything like that. And we can share them on an upcoming episode. So go ahead and do that. I'll go ahead and lead off if that's okay, Christy, if you don't mind. Yes. What do you use, Ricky? Well, listen, at work, we started using an app called Slack. Uh, It's a really awesome communication tool. And I, I recommend you check it out if these scenarios sound right. So if you have either small groups or small teams, because if it's small, it's still free. When you add more and more people, you start to incur a cost. But it's free for at least five, six users. Um, What's cool about it is, you know, we get all these emails. We get all these texts. We get all, all this communication is really cluttered. And we start to minimize the importance of when we get an email and all those types of things. And we don't really read them. Um, what we have right now in our in my job is we have these Slack groups, and so you get a notification. You know it's from a coworker. You know it's most likely important. Okay, sometimes we do gifts and funny things too, but I mean, at the end of the day, it is a way to sort of separate communication as more important, and it it does a good job of that. And we really use it very effectively. Sometimes we also goof off with it and have some fun with it, but you know that that alert is coming from something that you need to check out and it's kind of important. So, you know, I think if you have a small group and you want to talk about some communication that you know people are going to be able to get what you're sending them and they're going to get the alert and they're going to know it's sort of important, check out Slack. I love it. Yeah, anything that can help with the massive email that we all get um, would definitely be a tool to check out. And and the odd side, the, the bad side of that is you know what's going to happen is everyone's going to start using these type of, I mean, I know there's people that use WhatsApp and other apps like that that are for communication, but you're just going to get so many notifications that it's going to all be the same too. So jump on it now while it's still valuable. Yeah, and get your team on it because everyone has to be on that app. I think that's what I find difficult is there's so many choices out there for things like Slack, that you know, it's you just all have to commit to one and go with that one. That is tough for sure. All right, do yeah. you have an app that you'd like to share, Christy? Can I share one? Absolutely. Yes. Well, 
Um, okay, so a couple things come to mind. Um, first off, um, just an app for communication to go along with yours. I would say Voxer. Do you ever Vox, Ricky? I have not Voxed in a long time. I did have a wicked left cross. Oh, wait, no. Vox. No, no. No Voxing or Boxing for that matter. <laughs> All right, so Voxing. Voxer is a turn uh, pretty much a walkie-talkie app. And, you know, people ask me when I recommend it, like, why would we do that? Why don't we just you know, call each other or, or talk, but you can really get a group chat going and to hear someone's voice rather than a text can be very powerful. And there's these Voxer groups all over the country that are really for professional development. So you connect with other like-minded educators, get in a Voxer group and you can boom, instantly send out a message and get responses from around the country. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, some yeah, boxer groups cool. I'm a part of for that. Um, and the second thing, um, just in my blogging, not really an app, but you know, I use um, blogger.com. You know, it integrates well with the Google Suite. But I am wondering what other people's favorite blogging apps or platforms are. What they use. Yeah, I mean, for the show, we use WordPress, and essentially, when we put out things, those are blogs. Um, and, and there's a bunch of them out there now, especially there's so many, you know, customizable website, web apps that you can use to create pretty cool content and get content out there. So I would be interested in that too. So go ahead and email the show edtechweekly at gmail.com or hit her up at Christy M. Warren or at four tech teachers and let us know. Christy, we made it. And I don't think it was as terrible as it could be coming back from a huge break. Yeah, it's like riding a bike. We're back in it. I'm so happy to be talking ed tech again. I know. I'm excited too. And I'm excited for the upcoming weeks. And we're going to be on a string here for a while of going week to week. And we will see you next week for sure. Um, and uh, again, email the show, edtechweekly at gmail.com. Again, that's how people are getting on the show. That's how these three upcoming guests, that's how Christy has been involved with the show. Uh, we're excited to hear from you. We love talking ed tech. Uh, this is at the moment, this is a... Um, podcast of passion. We do. We are not financially viable at this point, so we're doing it because we love ed tech. And you know, hopefully someday we can make a little bit of cash and, and make it a little bit easier to spend the time on it. But right now, it's just because we love ed tech. So we'd love to talk ed tech with you, um, Christy. You know, Matt has been the guy that we go to at the end of the show. You filled in nicely in the last few weeks. You know, on some spot duty oh, with man. that. So should I go to you now for a close? I might have summer brain for that still. So let's just enjoy the last few weeks of summer that we all have. And that is not, sorry, that is not more profound for you. No, that's okay. I think we just recently got Meredith, who was a former host of the show, former co-host, to actually be on our live stream. So that's pretty exciting. Thanks for joining us, Meredith. We appreciate it. And um, hopefully you can join us again on the show as a co-host soon. And that's awesome. it. Oh, that, wait, someone's watching the Facebook live feed? I mean, I'm saying <laughs> we are growing exponentially. I mean, it's more than exponentially because zero times anything is zero. So it's it's got to be better than exponentially. I don't even know how to say it, but it's good. Yeah. We can't even okay. mathematically quantify well how, how much we've grown since last time. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you next time, Christy, and we'll see all of our listeners next week on EdTech Weekly. <laughs>